What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. My name's John, and as always, I'm joined by Nate. Nate, how's it going, brother? Pretty good, pretty good. It's been a busy week. Busy week, huh? Yeah, oh yeah. What's What do you got going on on the farm, brother? On the farm, oh my goodness. So, well, we had you over. Um, yep, yep. My uh, My wife and daughter and I decided to make a day trip out to the Funk's house yesterday and got to just have some lunch and talk a little bit and just enjoy good company. Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, a good visit. We we talked goat a little bit. We we uh, talked family a lot. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, yeah, cute, yeah. cute little girl there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. she's she's not too bad. She she definitely uh, gets her looks from her mom. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then uh, today we had. Uh, I had uh, a friend over to do some ultrasounding, which is always fun. Yep. Um, had uh, only a couple surprises, but we're going to confirm the surprises and let people know about them later. Um, mm-hmm. Don't want to jinx ourselves. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we confirmed we'll be posting it a little bit later. Actually, Jen's working on the post. Uh uh, Lyra actually took to uh, AI, uh, read to uh, your book there, Orion. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's like the eighth or ninth dough that we got to use him on this year. So we're but, very happy that we're able to get him proved out. But she is the first AI. Yes, yes. She's the first AI. So, those so you, draws you, are... you had planned, you had planned to bring her down here, and then we collected. You guys collected Orion for me, so it just made sense to just use one of those straws. Right. Well, it 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 was <laughs> one of these things. We'd gone down there, we did the collection, and she mm-hmm. wasn't in heat, and right. so it's like, well, she's not in. What do we do? A few weeks later, she came in, and. Yeah, so we we just we used one of our straws that you allowed us for doing the service, mm-hmm. um, and today we confirmed she's bred. Um, yeah, it's how many did you guys see uh, on the screen there? Uh, we we just saw um, one one little mm-hmm. mass, um, but you know there was definitely the heartbeat there going and. Um, she was at day 29, so really just seeing the, the heartbeat there was enough to say, okay, yep, she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we get a chance to, to uh, ultrasound her again, maybe in 40, you know, for day 45 instead of day 29. Um, mm-hmm. we might be able to see if there's, you know, more than one. Um, so, you know, with, uh, Playing around with a sonogram, do you guys ever think you're going to end up getting your own? Or we are we are uh, looking into it. We're hoping to save up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it and we were talking to one breeder and said that once they've gotten the sonogram, they've stopped with the blood testing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, the two does that are in question, you know, the blood test will confirm one way or the other. You really, there's right. a learning curve to this, and you know, we we sent a video of the sonogram to two different uh, breeders, other than the one who was doing it. You know, mm-hmm. the one who was there doing it. You know, she knows what she's doing. Um, she just hasn't. I don't know that she's done the volume of Overhasley uh, ultrasound or, or standard breed uh, ultrasounds. Maybe she had, right. and she didn't think that the two does were pregnant, but then the other two breeders pretty much, you know, they, it's a little 10, you know, six to 10 second video. And, um, 
I said, um, uh, they, uh, <laughs> they looked right at it and they said, they, were, they said, yeah, pregnant. Um, so we, we didn't, didn't go any further than that yet. We're going to confirm the pregnancy with via blood test and then yeah. go from there. Yeah. I have some blood to pull this week to confirm pregnancies. I'm pretty sure everybody's bred, but again, um, Jem, I was looking for earlier this week, and then she looked like she had a little bit of discharge and waggy tail the other day, but it wasn't like, it was like, oh, I'm going to come back and check on her. And then I came back and checked on her, and there was nothing. So, so she could have just been, she could have just got done peeing, and there could have been some wetness from that and then she could have just been being a freak because she got out for the day and she was happy you know yeah so it's been a weird year i know a lot of people who normally are you know done breeding by now who are mm-hmm. still breeding uh yeah it's just it's it's a weird year yeah and and last last year was pretty weird too for some so I think it's just I don't know if it's the weather patterns or what's going on that's really throwing these animals out. I mean, over Hosley, as soon as you get a cold snap, they're in, you know. Yeah, and I mean, almost like this September. year's been warm. Yeah, yeah. So it's I don't know. And then, um, yeah. So you had those ultrasounds today. Did you guys have anything else exciting happen this week? I'm trying to think about that. Uh, of course, you know, we had, you know, Thanksgiving and, and yeah. for us, it was, uh, you know, my immediate family here, Jen and I and the girls and, uh, oh, <laughs> you know, so we, back in May, we were looking at all the milk we were going to be getting with the doves and, mm-hmm. you know, last year we dumped it in the manure pile and just, you know, gallons at a time so this year we, we thought well you know we'll, we'll we'll get something to raise on that milk we got a bunch of turkeys yeah and then monday we loaded the turkeys up in the truck and took them up there was an amish family that processed them did a beautiful job with the birds mm-hmm. and jen went picked them up and they were huge uh, <laughs> you know the smallest one was 20 pounds which is you know, that's going... That's a good-sized bird. That's a good-sized bird. Yeah. Um, Jen's brother took the 40-pounder to turn into turkey jerky. <laughs> we we took the 38-pounder because nobody else wanted it. Mm-hmm. We ended up with six birds above 30 pounds out of a dozen. You, you sent me a picture with... Uh, you or, or Jen sent me a picture of one of the turkeys that you're about to cook with your youngest sitting on the table. And he was just about as big as the bird. You know, if you've <laughs> ever watched the, you know, the Christmas Carol <clears throat> and Scrooge, it's, I think that the Muppets one, it sends the, the kid down to the butcher shop to get the turkey in the window. Yeah. That's as big as he is. Yeah. I think of that, seeing that picture, um, this turkey, I mean, 38 pounds. We cut it in yeah. half and had 19-pound yeah. Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> Jen breasted out the other half, so just mm-hmm. the breast meat. Yeah. It had a 7-pound boneless turkey breast. It's insane. Okay. And then we have this, now we have this thigh quarter roast. It's not just a thigh quarter like you get from, you know, the fire department's bar, chicken barbecue. This is a roast. It's like 10 pounds of of dark meat, which we got to figure out how we're going to cook it and what we're going to do with it. But it was insane. <laughs> so that, that was our Thanksgiving turkey. Um, yeah. We're still going through turkey, as I'm sure everybody is. Yeah, we uh we have a little bit of meat left from the turkey. I mean, that's all we've been eating the la- since Thursday. Yeah, and uh, 
Tierney's mom always does like a what she calls resurrection soup, where she takes the carcass and makes a soup out of it. I don't, I don't really care for for that. Oh, that's but, just uh, turkey. She just <laughs> make it into turkey broth and. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm not I'm not a huge soup guy. So it's got to uh, be cool so, wet weather for turkey yeah. soup. Yeah, I'm just not not a huge huge soup guy, and if it is, it's like New England clam chowder, you know. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. But, um, yeah, but we had we had a quiet Thanksgiving. It was just uh, Alice, Tierney, myself, and and her parents, and that was it. We had a we had a lovely night. Um, we ate probably around six and just enjoyed each other's company. It was, and you know, we I Facetimed with family and all that good stuff, but. It was pretty quiet, and this week on the farm, I, I, I maintained. <laughs> I've been focusing a little bit on deer hunting, so did that, and then maintained. And then today, I did get a. I finally got a decent picture of one of my junior does who I haven't. When I went to get a picture, the one day she wasn't feeling the best, so I let her be, and then nursed her back to health but she wasn't that sick she just had a little bit of scours and then today she looked good so i was like hey let's get a picture before it gets dark and got a picture and that was our her <laughs> stuff for the week <laughs> I, I do have one other thing that happened this week that kind of oh yeah no and it's almost kind of going back and doing a correction on some things um we had a unique opportunity we had a 4-h'er who is uh, she she's got uh, the Guernseys, the British Guernseys, and yeah. she had a doe come in heat, and the buck she has is her sire. So she wanted someone to AI her, and and the four H is not quite you know a little nervous because you know she is, and. Mm-hmm. So she brought her up here and Jen taught her to do the AI and we got to, you know, look at her and talk about her and the, the doe, not the 4-H'er, you know, and, you know, you don't think about it when you, when you see pictures of these currencies, they're a small breed. They're kind of wedged yeah. right in there between Oberhasli and Nigerians in size. Mm-hmm. So when when I think a few weeks back we were mentioning Guernseys and trying to use Alpine or Sanans to maybe breed them up or something, um, you may want to consider the size of the animal before you try to think about how you would breed them up or or you know fix problems using other breeds because. I looked at this little Guernsey and the idea of uh, uh, Alpine cross or Sanin cross coming out this little bigger than a Nigerian body and just, I don't think it would, it would work. You, you'd now, now was this like a, was this a junior golden Guernsey or was it an age? It was a yearling. So she's not fully mature, but she's, of breeding age and breeding size, um, her dam's just a little bit bigger. Okay. Um, so, you know, the size of a small Oberhasley, uh doe. And still, you know, you look at it and you think, you know, you, you look at them in pictures, you're like, oh, well, just, you get a good sun in, in there, level off that top line and, you know, Fix some of the mammary issues. You get some other breeds where we can work on feet and legs, and you know, yeah, it's just not something that you can do so easily um, when you've got a size issue on the does. Um, and the beautiful doe, she, you know, great color on her. Um, you know, there are some. You know, we were discussing there are some breed trait issues. That are reminiscent of Oberhasleys from the eighties, but yeah. but it's a new breed. It's a, it's new to Adga, and you know she's really excited to work with it. Um, she's going to try to do it all within, from what she said to me, 
all within the breed. You know, try to find bucks with great with good legs. Try to find bucks with good memories. And well, this week I did a little bit of dreaming and was looking at uh, some different Golden Guernsey breeders, and the one that kind of sticks out with some actually pretty decent Golden Guernseys was uh, M- uh, Medler Meadow. Um, they happen to have some decent Golden Guernseys in there in their uh barn and uh, i think i think i would jump off with them just because they seem to be the most solid that i've seen so far now i haven't done a huge amount i'm sure there's some better ones out there but it'd be kind of this, it's, it's such an interesting breed i can't wait to see them added into the genetics website and and the new system so i can so i can look and play you know yeah and just well, and I, right now it's just kind of just looking and judging yourself. And I, I think you know any of us standard breed, you know, I say standard sized breeders, or even you know the Nigerian breeders. Any of us who have been in that give any amount of time before you you know get the opinion on the breed, um, mm-hmm. go look at them. Get some animals yeah. you can go and look at. Um, also, you know, look into some of the bloodlines. The other things, and and if we have Golden Guernsey breeders listening, um, please feel free to correct me on this, or even British Guernsey breeders, is is that uh, terminology is, I guess, and I could be wrong on this, um, that the purebred Guernseys are the Golden Guernseys. And the, what we would consider American, it's considered mm-hmm. British Guernsey, which yeah, that's all foreign foreign language to me. I wouldn't know unless I asked. <laughs> right, and, and if I'm wrong on that, you know, someone please certainly correct me. Um, but it, I, that's the way I understood it, and it was just like what? So yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Besides that, I think. It's been a quiet week. It's a quiet time in in the community. I did want to mention one thing before we get into everything. Is uh, it's funny we had the podcast episode last week about purebreds versus Americans. You know the whole back and forth on that. And literally two days ago, someone posted about color of their Oberhasli in one of our Oberhasley groups and this person got blown up at by a single well a couple people but one person in particular because of the coloring of the dough because it was a little bit lighter of a bay and it was like a dog pile and I just couldn't stand for it man it was it's pretty frustrating to see someone just knock down a dough about color even though the color wasn't outside of breed characteristics and then to have them say that their purebreds would never have this and blah blah blah. And was, it was frustrating and still is <laughs> and i just found it very ironic that we just had this discussion and then we i see it again pop up well you know and <laughs> someone uh just posted actually yes we are active on facebook um that someone just posted a repost or a, a I forget what was the term for it um, back from you know before Facebook before social media uh, oh, yeah. uh, about you know a breeder noticing white coming through on his purebred lines Mm-hmm. And he did some research and found that uh, that the color is is kind of um, it comes goes back to some of the older older yeah, it goes back from to the older right. stuff. So when we start saying. That, you know, the newer lines are lighter or they're not conforming to color. Um, 
you know that's always been there yeah you you don't want to unless you're perfect unless your animals are perfect colored and you have no color issues um don't don't you know be casting something on somebody else if you're on a ad good committee and you deal with breed standard um you know fine you know you're you're probably the one to be talking to or to be asking um if you're not defer to somebody who is yeah yeah um, i just it was it, and it, it was funny because I'm sitting here like, well, I have a light doe who was lighter when she was younger and she's darkened up. And this is probably the case with this one. And I was just, it was just, and, and to even have a different opinion, you got attacked. So it was, it was pretty frustrating. But anyway, I, th- I just thought it was interesting. So that's why I brought it up. Do you have a cat getting murdered right now? <laughs> Folks, Nate is skinning a cat, it sounds like. Oh. Nope. Yep. Hold on. Call 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 animal rights. No. no. <sighs> she got <laughs> she was upstairs. The room I'm in I'm in goes to our upstairs <laughs> and she apparently got down and wanted out of the room, but didn't want to go back upstairs, so <laughs> I just went to go get like her. Was skinning a cat. I went to go get her, and she started <laughs> running back upstairs, and so I had to get her, and then carry her, and put her back out, out of the room. So that was a treat. <laughs> uh, she's only fourteen years old, but yeah, only. Um, <laughs> she wasn't too happy about right. being caught and then tossed out. I, it sounded it. <laughs> it sounded like the dog got her at first. I was no, like, oh. no. Well, initially, my <laughs> eldest tried to sneak in and get her and and get her out, but uh, <laughs> but no. I remember seeing that post, um, and. Yeah. Uh, I, I had I had to chime in on that because I couldn't stand it anymore, and that's it's probably a fault of mine to be so opinionated and and I don't know like uh, internet knight in shining armor, but <laughs> but it's just I couldn't stand for it anymore. I, it was frustrating, and the person that was asking this question is a newer breeder, I believe. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm and looking at the post right now. Yeah, and I just. I couldn't stand for it. <laughs> so, uh, but anywho, there is a little bit of ad good news for the week. Um, nothing too crazy as it's Thanksgiving week. And luckily they, they get to take some time off for the holiday. Um, the elite elite list came out for those and bucks. So that's on the ad good website. Congratulations to everybody that made that. Yeah. I know Orion's, Sire made the elite list again. Yeah, now I've got to remember um, if I can. Uh, you know, there was, yeah, you know, there there are a number of them. I mean, you can go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I know if you're in the District Three page on Facebook, you can go through there. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. it's up on the Adco website. Um, yeah, easy to yeah. find. And also, also the SG list is up there too. Superior genetics, genetics list is on there. The requirements. I think many of us got notification of our SGs if we got them. Uh, yep. The, you know, we have one. Um, yay! Congratulations. Thank you. Brother. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and it was our purebred. Um, so she's of yes, of course. <laughs> well, she's yeah. We're proud of her. She's a. She's a good doe. You should be proud of her. It's not, uh, that's so everybody says, Oh, SG is a magical thing, including myself. Sometimes, sometimes I see some does get SG and I'm like, huh? But Me too. She's, she's, she's one of those does that she got her SG and I was like, all right, that's yes. <laughs> like good. <laughs> she's a very pretty doe and it ma- no matter purebred or not, she's a very pretty doe. So she's well-deserving. So congratulations. Well, thanks. 
and, and again, g- congratulations to everyone out there who got their STs. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it is it's kind an of, exciting thing for your farm. It is good. And it's, it, it, it feels good. You know, you, you see yeah. it, it's like, yes, we've, we're doing good. We're moving forward. Um, you know? Yeah. Once I start milk tests, I'll, I'll get someone on that list. Yeah. Well, milk tests and linear. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then Adga's website moved to the new cloud server host. Yep. Um, so that There's means it. really we're getting ramping up. Yep. Ramping up to getting ready for the new system. So that should be what is it? Is it January 1st they're trying to launch that? I believe that was the goal. But you know, with these, with these launch dates and any project like this, it's it'll be up when it's up. Uh, I, I hate yeah. I hate saying it like that, but yeah, you know, if we if we hold out and say, ah, January first, I I better be able to click on January first and get that, you know, and it doesn't happen. Well, somebody's got to hold them accountable, right? John, you're you're the man for the job. Oh no, that's not me. That's not me. I complain enough. Nobody wants to hear me complain about that. So they can hear me complain. They're they're happy I'm done complaining about hair. I'm right? I'm so I'm too lenient, I guess. I uh you know, just I'm too patient. I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm just I have you can ask my wife. I have absolutely zero patience. Um so that's that's the news for this week. Nothing too crazy. Uh, congratulations to everybody again. Um, and then our main topic for the week, which is one near and dear to my heart, is uh, culling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of us might be a little bit more versed in culling than the other, and and it's probably on my end than Nate's. Uh, <laughs> as far as my track record goes, it seems like I call a little bit harder than you do, which is fine. I just don't have the space to be able to keep everything, which we'll talk about. Um, so that's why I have a little bit more insight, I guess. Well, I wouldn't say that. It, I think it's how you call. <laughs> that, you know, that's kind of one of those things of, you know, how you call, why do you call? Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we, everybody has their own way of getting rid of something. You know, right. So you know, what what is so what, what is what, what is calling for you? I was just going to say the same Thank thing, you. Too, but I'll answer <laughs> first. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, calling to me uh, is a couple different things, right? So, I call ultimately the goal with calling for me is to better my yes. herd, and that's the end goal with any decision that's made on my farm is better the herd. Uh, I have a long ways to go to get great. So any decision is with that in mind. Um, Now, calling to me is a numbers game. Uh, Just trying to keep everything manageable. Uh, We're trying to stay small for now. Um, This year, we're going to keep a few extra than we usually do. But But uh, so we're going to grow a little bit. That's because you're calling some of the other three. Yes. So... Actually, this week I'm going to be posting a Nigerian dwarf kid for sale, um, and then possibly another Nigerian dwarf. Uh, but just because we're going to lay it back on Nigerians for now, um, that's just something we we want to get really competitive in the Oberhausley before the Nigerians. The Nigerians are just kind of a money thing for offsetting feed costs and such. Anyway, um, this year there's probably only going to be one doe that might get culled. And it's not really a numbers thing. It's it's a her thing. <laughs> so my my aged doe gem, who is a, she's a very pretty doe. Uh, she has a nice mammary on her, and she's she's going on eight, and it's probably towards the end of being able to get her her permanent champion status. If we had more shows this year, we probably might have been able to get, sneak it in there. But she's also a hard keeper, and. I'm tired of spending all spring and summer freaking out that she's too skinny when she's just milking it all off and, and do it, throwing everything at her, trying to get her to keep weight on. Um, so 
this year there's really only one call that I'll have in mind. Um, but in the past it's been numbers. So I've had does that weren't up to my standards and I wanted to get them out and keep new in. Um, there were some that just, it was, if I want to keep this one, I got to get, I got to get rid of this one. Um, it's, it's numerous things for, for our side. Um, but normally it's a numbers thing is what it comes down to. Uh, how about well, you? Well, see, I, I'm going to take a moment here and say, I think in, in saying you're going to call, um, what mm-hmm. you're meaning is um, reduction of, of surplus or inferior animals, not necessarily mm-hmm. to be sent to slaughter, though. Sometimes right. that may be the method. Well, I think a lot of people get confused with the term call and think kill. Well, the, the, uh, the calling... dictionary definition for call is to send mm-hmm. a inferior surplus animal to slaughter. Oh, if you well... go dictionary definition. <laughs> now, if you go by urban, right. urban or colloquial use of the word call... Um, it means to cut, you know, like, you know, just, you, you, you got to make cuts someplace, you know, Mm -hmm. it may not. So I just want to clarify this. So people aren't thinking that you're sending your doe gem to the auction, returning to dog food or whatever food. Uh, Um, with her that that's, she'll definitely be one of those does where I'm very picky of where she goes and it's going to be a retirement home. So, <laughs> so that, for the sake of this discussion, we're going to use the word call, mainly in, in the mm-hmm. uh, sale of inferior or surplus um, farm mm-hmm. animals, um, not necessarily right. being sent to slaughter. Um, right. It, though, you know, if you look it up by dictionary, that's what it's going to tell you. Um, but right. I just wanted to clarify before like we went there's... much further. Right, and I feel like there's definitely people out there that do uh, put them in the freezer. Oh, that's, there are. That's great. I I want to do that. I want to do that with some. I want to raise some weathers out and and do that one of these years if Tierney will allow me. But um, in the meantime, most of ours either go uh, to like a four H or somebody that's just getting started because they're not bad animals to jump off with, um, or or they go without their papers as a pet. See. So that's generally where, where um, ours go. You know, now for us, there's a, you know, it depends. Mm-hmm. Well, what did you guys do this year? So we had, um, there's, the, um, there's the animals that we just felt were not anything we wanted papered. And they went to the auction. Yeah, they went for meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, you know, three bucklings and a doling that ended up being removed from the gene pool. You know, mm-hmm. you know, four if you count the one that we sold. We did sell as a weather. He went as a weather with a few does that we were selling, and yeah. You know, they, they were removed from the gene pool. The one weather is probably the only one that was sold as pet quality. Uh, we sold him with a stipulation that he was a weather. and But he went with non-pet quality does as a starter herd. Now, did you send him off banded? No. Mm-hmm. That's oh, it is, it is. But uh, we we trusted the family. We we knew the family for a while, and oh, okay. you know there was this. If you're keeping a weather, there's the you know this is a a, a topic for another show to be written down <laughs> and remembered. Is when to weather your okay. your your weathers, and. Right. Jen and I kind of went round and round, and we finally turned to the prospective owner and said, "Well, what do you want? These are the what we found." And one of the concerns is 
the development of urinary calculi in uh, bucks who have been weathered. They're no longer, I mean, they're still males. And uh, mm -hmm. I guess there's findings that if you band them too early, they end up develop, developing the, or having the chance to develop the urinary calculi earlier in life then if you allow them to uh, grow up a little bit, allow that, quite frankly, allow that uh, urethra uh, to get yep. larger in diameter, and then I, I tend and to then band, band them then, band when they're which basically helps you know it stunts the growth a little bit, and you know, so it's and I so what about I grew up if the buck. If the buckling was leaving the property without papers and it was being sold as a weather, you banded it before they picked them up. Yeah. You know, but different so, ways of doing things now. So what do you guys, what about the kids that you sold this year that you guys had a doe? We had a doe. Right? So, so we did, we did look at our does and there were, there are a lot of stellar does, actually. Um, we just couldn't keep everything. This year was a year where we, for, we had to say, yeah, we can't keep everything. We've got to sell things. And, you know, there were some, some mm -hmm. does that they freshened. We liked them. But, again, what are you going to do with five milking yearlings and five two-year-olds and five three-year-olds, you know, and 14 junior kids when you only have room for 20 or animals. Um, right. So we had to go through and we went through and said, okay, what are, are traits we want to look work on? We're working on four attachment and mammary. So the milkers were called that way. With the kids, we have a body mm -hmm. style we like. And also, we were looking for that body style coupled with the improvements we were we wanted. And so we made an initial cut. And those mm -hmm. dolings got sold off, mainly as breeding stock. Um, in fact, all of them as breeding stock. And then we had the kind of the second wave. And those were does and dolings where um, we didn't want to sell. Mm -hmm. And we, we kind of just finished that, you know, second wave, you know, last week. And uh, it was those who we really wanted to keep. We wanted to freshen them out. But we were still over that magic number that we wanted to keep through the winter. And, you know, you, right. you benefited from that final, final cut. I sure did. I jumped up. I, I jumped on that opportunity. A friend of ours out in <laughs> New York, uh, you know, got a benefit of that. Uh, another, you know, a few other people, you know, did. And, you know, it's, you know, we know that sort of, is coming in the spring again. Um, and, yeah. you know, yeah. it is it is what it is. But, you know, we, we keep in mind what we're looking for, what we're, the direction we're trying to go. Mm -hmm. And we aim for it. And the does that we don't feel are going to get us there, they're the ones that are put on, we, we call it the short list. They get put on the short list. The mm -hmm. does that we think will get us there, you know, I get, we don't really call it the long list, but they get retained. <laughs> Occasionally, we have to take a doe off the long list because we're still over numbers. We don't have a huge barn, yeah. and so that's kind of the limiting factor. Yeah, we... uh this year we we called pretty hard so we had three first fresheners this year 
uh, that were Oberhausi or Oberhausi type experimentals. Two of those three are gone. So one of them was hockey. And she had a beautiful memory. Yep. You saw yep. it, or you saw pictures of it. Um, she was, she was, she wasn't terrible. She was just hockey, and she wasn't gonna do anything. And, and honestly, that hockeyness kind of scared me. I didn't want that yes. in my herd. So she went. She also happened to throw white on her doe kid. So that doe kid went, and the oh. buck kid went without his his gen- genitalia. Uh, the buck that I bred her to. That was that of her throwing white. That was enough for me to say his kids weren't stellar, stellar. And I should bring something else in that's better. And I did. So he left. Uh, The other first freshener, her memory wasn't the best. She had a beautiful body, but her memory wasn't the best. Her daughter was better. I wanted to keep the daughter. So she went. And then uh, I sold a dry yearling. Well, the dam of that first freshman dam left because I wanted to keep actually her half sister right? <laughs> that was born this year. And in order to do that, the wife with her infinite wisdom of goat math, uh, decided I need to get rid of two. If I wanted to keep her and it, she basically, that was her saying, are you serious? This is are you, like, is she really that good? And that was me saying, yes, she's really that good. And I had a dry yearling that was meh. So she left too. So I okay, and that included the the one that you wanted. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, and then and then, um, Mary Mac bringing her in was also part of that first freshener going. So um, we uh, we called very hard. We also, I believe, with that calling, what we retained and what we brought in was is miles ahead of what we had from my my point of view maybe you differ on that opinion nate but i feel like my young stock is way better than no what i, I had don't disagree with that so uh that was where my thinking was uh brandy <laughs> um <laughs> so uh <laughs> so um that's that's really why we called so hard this year and next year this it'll probably be the year that we don't have a doe year and i'll be and this is the year that i'm willing to keep three uh or more doe kids so uh it we'll see um it it could come back right, to well me. Or, Who knows? Know, for that matter you may um, end up finding you know, those dry does that you kept may not freshen the way you thought they did and that's happened to us too we that was some of the does that we sold in the first wave with does where we were thinking they were going to freshen a certain way and and they weren't they freshened in a way that wasn't really bad but not really with what we wanted um yeah this year i don't think i'll be as much of a stickler with these freshings because they are your they two of them will be your like right. first fresheners so i'm not going to it's it's It'll be the second freshening where I'll go, okay, this is your shot. Well, you've got to give them time to (laughs) mature. uh, You really do. Um, Unless it's something blatant and and obvious, like uh, we got a yearling down on our past and and there is no for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. The one one, uh, that I'm really banking on is my Orion daughter, uh, whose dam I did end up calling. She's got a lot to prove, but from what her dam had, there should be some sort of improvement with that memory. There should be. <laughs> uh, but if if there's not, I'm going to give her a second freshening just to see what happens. Um, she's really going to be like one of my, and I'm I'm putting a lot on it. When you call, sometimes you're putting you're betting the farm on it, you know, and it'll be. Uh, she she's supposed to be my here we are golden ticket for Harrisburg. So it's a lot of pressure on her. I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself with her. Uh, but either way, I think Harrisburg. Well, I think you'll have fun at Harrisburg one way or the other. I think you'll. Uh, yeah. You know, the whole thing about national show, even if 
it's more fun if you do get get a few ribbons, and you know the mm-hmm. the ribbons certainly do make it worth, you know, feel like it's worth going. Uh, but you get mm-hmm. to see some really amazing animals up close. You know, yeah, you get to meet a lot of different people, and sometimes you meet people who you don't really mm-hmm. know who they are. You know, and you really get to meet them, and, and they turn out to be you know, really great people. Um, yeah. So it's, it's to me, you know, it's worth it to anyone to go to nationals if you can. Um, so looking with kidding season looming and looking forward, what are you, what, what's your, what's your, What's going to be your number of calls, do you think, as of now? I mean, you have no idea how many doe kids are going to hit the ground. But what what is your expectations going into after kidding season and what you're going to do with your numbers? My wife may disagree with me on this. Okay, disclaimer right <laughs> there. Um, I figure we'll, we, we'll start out by saying that we'll probably try to retain, you know, eight juniors next fall. Um, mm-hmm. Be roughly, you know, four from each buck. Um, there's a couple does we'd like to re- retain a buck kit out of. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, in milkers, we try to get it down to about eight to ten milkers going into the fall. So if you realize that, okay. So that's a lot. I that's a lot realize that right now we have counting seventeen <laughs> does spread. Do, 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 do. We have seventeen does. So you're looking to cut possibly anywhere from seven yeah. to nine, six yeah. to nine. Yeah, that's it a lot. Is. And they're not going to be a lot of them. Really, not going to be easy for us. Um, and you have a lot of aged does. So, are you going to be looking at your older oh. does first, or are you going to be looking at no? Realize that I, the oldest doe in the barn just <laughs> earned her SGCH. Um, mm-hmm. And then the next three are you know Nina and Addy. And Pepper and Pepper is kind of protected because she's 4-H. Um, Nina mm-hmm. and Addie aren't going anyplace. You know, and, and Pepper can't. So there's four out of our, you know, eight to ten retention does. Um, it usually comes in, coming from our younger milkers that end up being, mm-hmm. you know, cut from the herd. Um and all right, well, I just want to make sure that you know that if I have a buck here, that I'm going to be looking at what you're selling. <laughs> I, so, there are a lot of people so you who know. are. Um, for the first time in years, we've, we've got, uh, I guess, a, a little bit of attention, but that's being a bit presumptuous and bragging. Yeah, good for you. Bragging, good for you, but, Nate. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we, that's fine. It, it it's a <laughs> long time coming. You know, be sitting there and you know watching people. So, um, but so so you're looking at at if you have a doe, you're uh, you're looking at do it cleaning a little bit of house, um, which is what I did this year. So I, I feel you. Uh, when when does Calling becoming when how how can that have a negative effect I, on your? Home? You know, I think when you keep the wrong animals and you send the wrong animals, you know, you you mm-hmm. keep. First off, if you don't have a goal, I think in selling, mm-hmm. not so much in selling in what you're keeping. If you have a method to what you're keeping, you're like I'm keeping those who. Whose four udders and feet and legs I like. And then the Mm -hmm. others go. 
you, you had a goal, you had an objective, you can build upon that. But if you say, right, you know, I need to sell nine does plus kids. I'll sell, yeah. I'll see what people want to buy and people buy all your top animals and leave you with, you know, the animals with poor memory and, um, you know, poor, poor body and poor dairy strength, you know, I'm a slip and call it dairy character showing my age. Um, it, but, <laughs> you know, and you end up with the dregs and you sell off your best animals. I think yeah. that's when it hurt, when calling can hurt. I think, I think if you have a, a herd, I think you can call heavy. I can't, I think you could, if you have, again, an objective of what you're keeping, and you're going to keep basically the does of the best, the does in the box of the best traits that you have, and you send the rest, you can call down harshly uh, and mm-hmm. have it, still have it be to your benefit. Um, it, I, I think of it kind of as... Yeah. An apple tree. Okay, stay with me on this one. I'm I'm with you, but I'm with okay. You. Um, they they arborists say you can prune it, take an apple tree, you know, m- more than a half of an apple tree in a pruning, mm-hmm. and not hurt the apple tree. And in the spring, when that apple tree leaves out, it'll be better for it. Okay. But in pruning it, you're removing the defective branches, the dead branches, the non-productive branches, and you're leaving the, the desirable branches and the productive ones. If you're doing it right. And I think with a herd, you can reduce it drastically if you're removing the non-productive, the non-desirable stock. Right. But there's always that fear that you take too much off the tree. I think with, with herd, as long as you have something to, to base off of. Yeah. I think. I don't and think, there's 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 always I, the, I don't think that there is a go ahead. too much. You may be too you may be small again. You know, a large herd may go back to being a small mm-hmm. herd. Um but you know I I know of a number of herds from the nineties that weren't big herds, but they were well known. Yeah, you know, down down near you, yeah. down I believe it was Red Oak. Uh, Sunkissed Hagenbergs. They were not a big mm-hmm. herd, but everybody knew of Madame Raz and nope. Rasmataz. Uh, you know, yeah, um, you know. So, and they kept it small. Um, so, I think it can be done. I think you can call heavy and still have it be good. I don't believe that yeah. there's. I think the, the too small, too much calling is when you call the animals that are going to move your herd forward. Right. And so every, I feel like anybody should know that any call that you make should be like a serious, like sit down, run the numbers, look at the animal, really pick them apart. Get some opinions if you have to, uh, which I generally do if it's something that I know that's like iffy. Um, And really just you have to be really mindful of what you're doing. And with me being a smaller herd, bigger herds, you can get away with calling uh, pretty not easily, but you've got a lot behind you to be able to be okay without that one or two animals, whatever it is Uh, with me. It's you have to be super mindful. It can make or break you. I'm I'm I guess lucky 
with the fact that I'm still figuring out my herd and and still working with pretty much the first generation, if not the generation of foundation animals that I that I jumped off with. So there's not a lot to lose, but more to gain with these calls, I feel. Um, but you have to be super mindful and you have to you have to stick to your guns, right? So if you're setting a goal of what you want your numbers to be, which is what I do, uh, we are we do not deviate. And my wife does not let me deviate. It's either it's it's okay, you want this, get rid of this. There's there's no okay, just one more. You know, it's it's you want you said in the beginning of before kidding season that this is what you wanted to do. And you must stick to it. And bless her heart, she keeps me on. Yeah, I, I think you do need to, to be th- thinking about what you're calling. But I think if if you've got either a larger herd or if you've got experience with with the animals, you, you kind of, you may know what you're calling for. You know, sometimes it might be a particular trait. And again, you know, you were, we're using calling not necessarily as sent to the auction for me. Calling as in removed from the herd. And there are breeders who, mm-hmm. you know, they go out to the barn, you know, one day, you know, the day before, you know, I don't know. You know they just go out to the barn and they look and go, man, all these does have, you know, we'll, we like picking on easty westy teats. Every all these does have easty westy teats. I'm only going to keep the ones whose teats are the, the five whose teats are best placement. Everybody else for sale. Okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's a, a moment of revelation where you go out and realize I'm getting wrecked over the coal for teat placement. Two points. As is, is, uh, a, a bunch of my judging friends like to point out, it's only two points on the scorecard, you know. But it, it, yeah. and it seems like uh, well, guilty, in, in guilty of one, telling uh, you that. You know, uh, Kristen Adels has told me that. You know, Ryan has told me that. Uh, so, and Lynn is Lynn Fleming has told me that. But at the same time, I know there have been shows where it seems like it might as well have been. You know, 80 points. Um, so, you know, I, I tend to, we tend to look at teat placement on those milking yearlings. And, you know, if the rest of the udder is good and fine, we may hold on to that, see if it improves at all as a two-year-old. Not, she's gone. You know? Um, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, the the if the person making the decision on the calls knows again knows what they've got. They've got a goal. Maybe they got a a numbers goal. Maybe they've got a style goal, a type goal. Maybe it's a production goal. All the does who don't produce over mm-hmm. this many pounds are going. You got to. I, I say that if you're gonna call, yeah. if you're gonna cut. You've got to have a goal, a reason. You know, though I have heard mm-hmm. so many stories of people saying, she uh, she looked at me that one way. I think there's an Oak Apple Farm uh, cartoon a lot about calling. and you know, Why is she here? Well, she looked at you that day. You were wearing purple. Remember? Oh, yeah. Good point. You know? <laughs> and... Uh, but you've got to have a reason to call. If you have a doe and you don't have a reason to call her, you don't have a reason to, to remove her, and she meets all your requirements, hopefully you do have a reason. Um, you know, I do You know, remember back in the 80s, sometimes the reason was the electric bill. You know, you had to pay something. Yeah. And you may not have had it. And and so we had, you know, way back then, we'd have to sell something, maybe something we didn't want to sell, you know, 
to, to have the funds to keep yep. going. You know, it. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, there's usually a reason, but make sure the reason's good. Yeah. And I think uh, people should know that, yes, the, it can have some negative effects, but also calling can really greatly impact your herd. You're getting rid of the less desirable genetics, uh, not even genetics, I should say the uh, less desirable confirmation wise animals and, and keeping the superior. So you're, you're really tightening up what you're using and not, not having the same issues pop up. If you have a doe that's hockey, for instance, I had a doe that was hockey. Why am I going to continue to keep her in my herd and possibly keep well, getting hockey it, animals? We've been tar- targeting on these does. Yeah. Maybe you're, Mm-hmm. You're noticing that every kid crop is getting just seems to be hockey and hockey and hockey. You know, we, we're, we're picking in hawks because mm-hmm. it's you know traditional over Hosley issue. Uh, and yeah. uh, you know, maybe you, you suddenly you look and go, they've all got the same sire. <laughs> I'm selling all these kid goats, and yeah, and because of hawks and they've all got the same sire and well, there's the buck over there. You munching on a hay and, you know, maybe he's the call. And then uh, again, yep. then, you know, topics for other time again, you know, writing these down, right. Um, <laughs> you know, when's it time to move that buck on? Is, is he, uh, is he producing <laughs> too many calls for you? Um, is it, Structural calls? Is it color calls? Um, I got thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I uh, I could write. I, could I was write thinking a book about, about this. That. Do you realize that there's right now there's probably only uh, two breeds in Adga, recognized in Adga, that aren't either a structure uh, breed or a color breed. By that I mean. Nubians mm-hmm. have ears and nose. They're a structure breed. Lamanches, Lamancha ears, structure breed. Or color breed. Togs, mm-hmm. Sonnens, over Hosleys. Um, Nigerians are a structure breed because of size. Um, you know, you may have, you know, reasons to call based on, you know, color, you know, Breed standard. You know, do you have an Oberhasler? Again, we're Oberhasler breeders. Sorry, folks. Um, who has a white splash on the side? <laughs> um, do you have a La Mancha with two inch ears? A Nubian with a dish face. Um, you know, yeah. a Tog with a splash on the side. Um, you know, a big two inch black spot on the side of your Sonnen. Um, you know, these are other reasons not related to hawks or production or memory to call. And then do you call them? Do you take another breed on? Right. With grades. Right. So I guess that's my, yeah. Yep. And that's, that's honestly why we've kind of set back on the Nigerians and, and our, we're still going to breed them and just not a, uh, a huge competitive level. I mean, we're obviously going to be breeding to better the herd and to br- try to better the breed, but we're not going to be spending oodles and oodles of money on them until we really get our Oberhasleys up to snuff. That's kind of where we're at with them. So that's why calling with the Nigerians is a little bit easier than the Obers, where we're really, really thoughtful on what we're doing with them. Um, and I think I think at the end of the day, with this topic, what people need to know is calling can be a good thing, right? It's not that you're selling the worst of the worst to people. I probably half my calls go with papers, right? It's just if they're still deserving and show worthy and and what somebody's looking for to to add to their herd, then they'll go with papers and and rightfully so. Uh, but calling calling isn't a negative thing. Uh, you can also call too hard. Um, 
maybe in a couple of years we'll find out if I have. And it's it's something that should happen. Uh, not everything deserves to keep their papers or their nuts. And uh, you go from there. Um, did you want to add anything to this topic before we uh, um, close out, Nate? Not really. I guess I'm going to just leave it with that. I, <laughs> I will say I... Okay. I guess that with with calling, you've got to. It, it is not always easy. Whether you're selling an animal that you no, prefer it's a very to keep, thoughtful process, but you can't because of space. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's easier with buck kids because you know there's only so many of them that you can sell for breeding, but they should only. So many self breeding Right. <laughs> there should be a Gen- quota <laughs> for for each breed. Jen and I, we kind of look <laughs> at each buck kid as: Do we want our herd name on that buck kid? And we look at it as mm-hmm. with the does too. Do we want our herd name on that doe? Do we want judges seeing that doe in the ring, reading the tattoo, and going, "Oh, you know, oh. is this this?" thing is from that hurt you know right and that's the thing i want i want my animals that i do sell with registrations even though they might be a cold my herd if they're in the ring and they happen to win or lose if i happen to see a post of them in a show ring and i see the hillier farm farm tag on them they better be decent looking animals i don't want crap yeah, right. my name on it. But you know? at the same time, you know, <laughs> so. you've got to know what you're going to do with those that you do either don't want or what you can't keep. You know, sometimes you you sell, and it's more like an expansion. You know, there are three does that we sold this year, yeah. and you know, three does and a buck that we feel were two bucks that we feel were more like expansions. Um. You know, sending mm-hmm. our genetics to another herd and seeing how they do there. Um, but right. they're still technically they're a cut or a call. Um, again, in the, mm-hmm. the sense of call being just the sur- you know sale of surplus or inferior animals, not necessarily you know for slaughter. Um, sometimes though, slaughter right. is where they've got to go. So, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. and that's all depending yeah. on your breed. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to sell um, a standard breed to pet homes. You know, those cute little Nigies are, you know, people love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're an easy one to go to pet homes for sure. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's yep. it for me for the week. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, next week, I believe we're going to have a guest on. I need to speak to the person. Uh, again and see if they can figure out how to connect with us but i think it would be a really interesting if I'm right about who it uh, is, interview it, it would be uh, it will be it's gonna be a showstopper hold on to your pants folks uh so i'm uh, nate everybody i'm john that's nate and thank you everybody for joining ringside an american dairy goat podcast we'll catch Good you night. next